What's up? Hello? Hi. <laughs> What's up? What's doing? And it's True Crime Tuesday. That's great, but what podcast am I listening to? In reference to. And who are you? I am Heather. Who are you? I'm Amanda. And who are all you guys listening? Yeah. (laughs) Follow us on Twitter or Instagram. Introduce yourself. We all need friends. That's for damn sure. (laughs) Pretty please. (laughs) (laughs) No, but like, for real. Nobody can replace me. I wasn't trying to replace you. You're not because I'm irreplaceable. I know too much. <laughs> That's true. What did you call me in my birthday card? Retro? Yeah. Uh, my birthday card that I got on your birthday weekend where I all I did was make you a funfetti cake. Oh, I got funfetti cake. Funfetti cake? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, again, you messed my whole life up by coming a day early because I thought about which means I probably wasn't going to do it either way, but I was going to have it baked already, and since I had two colors of icing, I was going to, like, put some in a bag and type happy birthday on it, but then you came on Thursday and ruined everything, so there you go. I mean, I made it easier on you, I guess. I guess. I could have spelled your name with issues. Yeah. So what do we got? Wow. Just cut me off. It's only been two minutes. I haven't even bullshitted that long yet. Bullshit away. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to make friends here. Don't you guys want to be my friend? I'll make you funfetti cake. Only I get to eat the batter. Yeah. That is the best part. No, that's alcohol. It is. <laughs> Alright, so we're going to learn about Lori Dan. Not, not done. done. <laughs> well, I thought it was done. Not done, done, done. <laughs> Well, apparently there was a YouTube video on this, but I did not watch it. Hmm. Did you put it in your... Yeah, it's in my sources. Which you <coughs> tell you, say your sources last time. I'll get it next time. They're the same sources. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my sources were Chicago Tribune, Medium.com, and then there was a YouTube video, but I definitely didn't watch it. But apparently I was going to. It's the Murder of Innocence edition. A look back on the Lori Dan. That's all I'm gonna say. You'll find it if you search that. But otherwise, it ruins everything, so. Alright. Good old Lori was born Lori Wasserman. Possibly Wasserman. I didn't look. Probably Wasserman. I feel like that's Wasserman. Yeah, but W A S S E R M A N N. Wasserman. Wasserman. Uh, so Lori was born on October 18th, 1957, on Chicago's South Side, and she was the second child of Edith and Norman. When Lori was seven, the family moved to the north side of Chicago and lived in Highland Park. Lori went to school within blocks of her home, and her classmates say she was quiet and unremarkable. Those are the ones you gotta watch out for. <laughs> Except she had great spelling skills. Also not me. And no one recalls her having any close friends. I have a couple. In her junior year of high school, her family moved to Glencoe, which meant she had to move schools, which blows. I feel bad for her. I mean, I made the choice in sophomore year, but still blew. 
She didn't have many friends that were females, but was popular amongst the boys. Get it, girl! A trait that the Chicago Tribune says followed her throughout life. Relatable. I say as my three closest friends are more female than male. So, apparently, back to Lori, because we're unimportant. What was it? Unremarkable and quiet? Well, we're unremarkable. Yeah. I would say quiet. <laughs> Um, apparently the family rarely showed love and Lori struggled to tell her parents she loved them, even years later down the road when she was getting married. Poor parents. I feel like it doesn't matter at that point if you love your parents, you love your future husband. Yeah. Weird. In 1976... (laughs) Weird flex, but okay. In 1976, Lori started college at Drake University in Des Moines um, as an education major. She then transferred to the University of Arizona and pledged the Alpha Delta Pi sorority. One of her sorority sisters said she was most interested in men and that Lori was a C student. Hey, in undergrad, C's get degrees, man. In grad school, B's get degrees. Um, in the summer of 1977... Lori took an economics class at the University of Wisconsin in Madison, and then when she returned to Arizona, she switched her major to home economics, which is a sign of the times, folks, because I don't think that's a major any longer. That's shit they teach us in, like, eighth grade. I know, but it used to be a major. Um, Economics is, but home economics is no longer a major at the University of Arizona, so I did look that up. Oh, this is a fun thing to do in your spare time while you're attending college. While she was in college, she also found time to learn marksmanship off campus. So, hmm. You know, not a bad thing. I do like shooting guns. I still have them. I want to learn how to do shoot bow and arrow. I think that would be fun. Oh, so much strength. I know, but I think it would be fun. Although the one time, what? Not a real bow. It was a PVC one. But I went to shoot it. <laughs> My sister in laws like, yeah, I'm going to stand back here. Yeah, probably smart. Um, well, when I, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how I did it, but it came out and was going to, like, end over end. <laughs> and it, like, went over on the one side of the shed. And she's like, yeah, I think I'm going to go in the house. And I was like, that's probably a smart idea. You also have terrible aim with a BB gun. Yeah. Ask my stepdad. And our window. Yeah. <laughs> From, like, up the street. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mike doesn't even shoot a real bow and arrow anymore. He shoots a crossbow now. Because it's less... Strenuous. Yeah. Um, Lori dated a few... Oh, sorry. Just kidding. Lori dated a guy for two years... But then they broke up as he was entering medical school. Lou Spivak. Spivak? Spivak. I don't know. Pivot. Pivot. Sorry, that's all I could think of. Pivot. 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 Shut up, shut up, shut up. Um, anyway, Lou was a prosecutor in Tucson, and he also attended the University of Arizona 
at the same time, and he said that Lori never was a budding socialite. Social butterfly? Nope. Has nothing to do with being social. Lori never was a budding psychopath here in Arizona. Uh, if she was, was, we never saw it. It would have been closer if it was sociopath. So she, I'm assuming that the end of your sentence that you said you weren't going to say is about her being a psycho. <laughs> what? You said you weren't going to say the title of the YouTube video. Oh, no. Nope. Not there yet. In 1980, Lori left Arizona and returned to the North Shore of Chicago, and this is where she met her future husband, Russell Dan. Not done. I'm also not done. <laughs> Actually, that's it. End of story. Bye! Uh, he was a rising employee at an insurance company that was a family-run business. I don't know how you're not a rising employee at your family business, but... Unless you're like a real fit show. <laughs> yeah. On September 11th, 1982, Russell and Lori were married. She then enrolled at Northwestern University, but then also withdrew from all of the classes. She was applying for jobs and lying about the fact that she received a degree from Arizona and said she worked at the Dan Brothers um, insurance company. Did she? No. Not that I remember. Russell started to notice harmless superstitions, like... Lori opening the door at stoplights and tapping her foot to the pavement. Or tiptoeing around the carpet. And she refused to close cabinets in the kitchen. Which, I would like to say that harmless was not my description. Because opening your door at a stoplight is not harmless. Yeah, that... <laughs> like... I feel like that could cause... Also, if you're refusing to close your kitchen cabinets, stop. Just close them. Not only that, like, if somebody else walked in, they'd, like, walk right into it if it's at night. Yeah, or, That's like, stand up and catch the corner. Oof. Get a dent. <laughs> or rough times, man. I've done that so many times, like, on a medicine cabinet. Mm -hmm. Um, Russell began to think the problems might be deeper when he realized that the new clothes Lori was given ended up in piles on the closet floor, and her car was a mess of bags. Shopping bags? She became known as, like, a bag lady, kind of. So, probably. Uh, Lori began to see a psychiatrist, but in March 1984, she started to refuse help. On March 12th, her psychiatrist wrote a letter where they pleaded with Lori to continue psychotherapy and said Lori could not rely on medication. That's great. Because she doesn't continue going to therapy. In 1985, Russell and Lori bought a five-bedroom home in Highland Park, but separated later that year. I put a five-bedroom home, but Highland Park. So it's, so it's just wrong. So anyway, they're separating. In January 1986, Lori files for dissolution of the marriage and told her lawyer she was hoping to drag the divorce proceedings out for two or three years. Oh, awful. Why would you ever want to do that? Yeah. In May 1986... Lori bought her first gun, a three fifty seven Smith & Wesson <laughs> Magnum, telling her parents she needed it for protection. I only emphasized Wesson because I thought it was Weston. I really have always thought it was Smith & Weston. Hmm. Anyway, 
When police <laughs> learned of her purchasing the gun, they contacted her parents, and her parents said they would put it in a lockbox. Meanwhile, though, she's, like, an adult, so I don't know why. Yeah, all I'm gonna say, like, she's over the age 18, so, like, they really can't do anything yeah. about that. In June of 1986, Lori- Lori's lawyer, that was a tough sentence, tough two words there, claimed that Russell had been physically abusive, but there was no evidence to support that. And around the same time, Lori's ex from Arizona started receiving harassing phone calls. Weird. From Lori? Um, I'm gonna assume, but it never actually said that. Mm. But it was an article on Lori, so... Just gonna put them two puzzle pieces... So you can see the puzzle picture on top? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) On September 30th, 1986, Russell Dan was stabbed in the chest with an ice pick. Damn. I'm only laughing because this is so insane to me. Alright, so he's stabbed in the chest with an ice pick. He lives... A hardware so she didn't stab him in the heart then. Yeah. A hardware store employee said he remembered Lori buying one, and there was a receipt found in her home. No charges were pressed. That's like legit attempted murder. That's like premeditated. Yeah. Especially if you still have a fucking receipt. Right. <sighs> in November 1986, Lori was arrested for making harassing phone calls. But charges were later dropped, and police cited a lack of concrete evidence. And these were harassing phone calls, not just to, like, her ex in Arizona, but, like, also Russell's sister, um, or sister-in-law, to, like, a bunch of people. On April 27, 1987, Lori and Russell's divorce was granted. In May, Lori accused Russell of sexual assault, but there were no charges pressed. And then she also claimed that a Maltov... Say that Molotov, yeah, that cocktail was left on her table, and Russell was questioned, but again, no charges were filed. Crazy. Well, good thing it wasn't fucking lit, or else your house would have blown up. That was where I go. <laughs> she then subletted an apartment. Sublet an apartment. I uh, anyway, anyway, anyway. Let me just read. I'm just gonna. No, no, no. This is for me. (laughs) She then sublet an apartment at Northwestern University and soon became a suspect in thefts. (laughs) You didn't even get through the sentence. No, because I know it's coming up. Uh, I'm not laughing about murder. (laughs) I mean, you have. (laughs) I mean, I try to be respectful. You're the one that makes off-the-wall comments like an Easter egg hunt. Okay. I don't even remember what one that was from. Oh, I do. That's just because I'm a horrible person. We know. So she's subletting this apartment. Um, She becomes a suspect in thefts around the building and other disruptive incidents, including meat left under the cushions of chairs and couches in the lounges. (laughs) Imagine that seepage. That's freaking disgusting. Not even the seepage, just the stench. We were talking about seepage when I was typing that. That's so gross. Around this time, she picked up babysitting as a job. Some families said she stole from them, and others said she was a great babysitter. In September, she moved out from the university housing as she was to be evicted, 
but her dad moved her out before that happened. When the university inspected her room, it is said they found urine-stained floors and rancid meat on the counter. Why? Again, imagine that seepage. <laughs> That's, that'd be some rank seepage. Yeah. In November 1987, Lori bought a 32 caliber Smith & Wesson and a 22 semi-automatic Beretta on December 29th. I don't know anything about guns. Um, between the end of 1987 and May 1988, Lori moved to Madison and there were threatening calls to people in her past. In March, arsenic and lead were reported stolen from the University of Wisconsin Hospital and Clinics, clinics Building. Um, and this was three days after Lori had been seen there. Was she going to school there or just... She was living there. Like, yeah, she was living in student housing again. Which is so weird to me because, like, nowadays... Yeah, if you're in a student, you're fucking living there. Yeah, it's so weird. Um, Arizona police were set to indict Lori in May, but that idea was dropped when they realized Madison police could bring charges against her and hold her without bail over death threats to multiple people, including her ex in Arizona, her ex-husband, and her ex-sister-in-law. Some girl got some issues. Damn, tell them how you really feel. Yeah. On May 15th, she was found in student housing in a garbage room, curled up in the fetal position with a plastic bag covering her body, which was dripping in sweat. And then, supposedly, she left Madison at 4 a.m. on May 16th. Police never got her. And on the greatest day in 1988, on May 20th, 1988, Lori drove... Okay, I say that because that's the day I was born. Not because of any of this happening. (laughs) So, on May 20th, 1988, Lori drove to Northwestern Fraternities. Um, She drove to a couple babysitting clients and people she knew, and she left packages of poisoned food. She also mailed her psychiatrist and ex-husband packages of tainted juice? (laughs) Tainted juice in the mail. Again, that seepage, man. No one died from these packages as they were leaking and had a foul odor. She then went to the home of the Rushes, who were a previous babysitting client, and took two of their children on an outing. The children were set to move to New York, uh, but Lori wanted, like, one more day with them or something. With the children in tow, Lori drove to Ravina Elementary School in Highland Park, Illinois. There's no noise in Illinois. And set a small fire. No one was harmed by this fire. She believed her ex-sister-in-law's one child went to this school. She was with her ex-sister-in-law. She left a Mickey Mouse cup laced with poison at the Young Men's Jewish Council in Highland Park. Park? She had tried to enter but was refused entry. And uh, one of her ex-sister-in-law's children did go to that school. She then took the Rush children home and took the children to the basement, and when their mother went to check on them, Lori set the stairwell on fire and fled. Wow. Uh, The mother and children thankfully escaped through a basement window, though. She then went to Hubbard Woods School in Winnetka? Winnetka? Anyway, she went to Hubbard Woods School, where she... (laughs) 
shot and killed Nicholas Corwin, an eight-year-old boy. She then shot and wounded five other children. In a nearby home that she fled to, she shot and wounded Philip Andrew, a 20-year-old University of Illinois student. She then shot and killed herself. She placed the 32 inside of her mouth and pulled the trigger. She was wearing a University of Arizona medical school t-shirt and printed with a skeleton posed as the thinker. She did not leave a suicide note, and no one knows why she went on the shooting rampage. Uh, and that's the story of Lori Dan and a pretty early on school shooting. Hmm. And she died on May 20th, 1988. Oh, Jesus, now we know what's wrong with Amanda. I don't know what time she died. Could be pretty close to when I was born. That would probably be fucking terrifying. That explains so much. <laughs> I mean, I have not gone on any rampages. I mean, you're also probably not the same age she was when she did it. No. <laughs> How old was she? She wasn't that old. Oh, I already closed it. Um, But this was supposed to premiere on May 19th, which I thought was pretty fun. So it was the day before my birthday. But then we went on hiatus because I had to move. I'm buying a house being an adult. Uh, so yeah, rest in peace, Nicholas. And thankfully, I mean, it was just her and only one death of a child. Could have been worse. Yeah. But it's also one of those things where, like, I still feel like the first school shooting was Columbine. And then, like, I've learned about so many... I feel like that was, like, the first, like, widely televised. Yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. So what you got? Oh. Part, part two. two. <laughs> Alright, well. Until part two of the Japan Legends. What are you calling it? Japanese Urban Legends. That. <laughs> Um, you can follow us on Instagram at in reference to podcast on Twitter at in reference to. You can send us an email with your thoughts, stories, or story ideas for us to cover at in reference to podcast at gmail.com. We'll even take your prayers, thoughts, prayers, friendship, money, disdain for shit going on in the world. I mean, don't complain to me about that. You can also listen to some of our episodes on YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube. Um, everything's linked in our Instagram and Twitter bios. And until next time.